18 to 25. Uh, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary uh, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. The angel spoke to them. Evie, do you want to stand up? We need to give you a prize as well. You can stand up. She's repping a real costume tonight. She's got the wings off at the moment. You can sit down. Thank you. The real meaning of Christmas. So last week, Rach, our amazing youth coordinator, and I, we weren't here because we were at a staff retreat where we had our elders and board from our church, and we were gathering together to be refreshed, refilled. We were praying into and visioning and planning for Hills Youth and our church for next year and what we really want to prioritise. So I'm feeling really refreshed. But last week it felt weird because we were having dinner just around the corner and I drove past here at seven o'clock and I saw some of you walking and I saw some of you in your cars and I was like, oh, I'm not going to youth tonight. I'm going to a guest speaker with our church leadership. And it felt very strange and I really missed last week, but I'm excited for our final night of 2021. And I'm also excited for what God's going to do next year as well. There's a game I enjoy playing. You might be aware of this game, you might not be. It's called, What Are the Odds? And towards the end of high school, I learnt about this game. And you see, there's a few misconceptions because... There's a few variants of this game I just want to clarify before you think too poorly of me. But how the game works is you give someone a challenge and you say, you might be in the supermarket and there might be a chili and you'll say to your friend, what are the odds that you'll eat that chili? And they have to say a number between 1 and 99. If they really don't want to say it, they might say 80. And then you count down from 3, you go 3, 2, 1, and you both say a number. If you say the same number, they have to do it. Obviously, if they say a low number, like maybe they like chilies, they might say three. And you go, on the count of three, one, two, three, and you've got to say a number between one and three. And how it works, you see, is it can get a little bit dodgy. And I only play it with certain friends because we have some parameters around. There's no drinking. It won't affect anyone else negatively, but only the person challenged. But you see... We've played this game a fair bit that the odds are in our favour because the more questions you ask, the more likely someone will have to do something. One time we were camping on the river and one of my friends lost the odds and he had to sleep with his kneeboard for the whole night in his swag. And his swag wasn't very big to begin with. On the screen is uh, the next odds that was lost and this one was... Uh, me getting odds to climb the sign from the uh, border of Victoria 
and South Australia. I wasn't sure I could do it, but I gave it a shot. I think I gave odds of 20 and I lost. The next one was uh, my friend got very bright red and he got very embarrassed. He had to ask a tourist if they were happy to receive this balloon and be his valentine. And I think <laughs> she felt very, she didn't know how to respond and he was quite awkward about it. So it was quite funny. But when you play this game more and more, eventually things will happen. My question for us tonight is, what are the odds of Jesus being king? What are the odds of us celebrating Christmas and us celebrating the real reason for the season? See, the odds are very interesting because when we read the pages of Scripture, when we read the Old Testament, we might think, oh, there's some random stories. It's quite confusing and I don't really understand it, but the Old Testament is there for a reason. It's quite powerful. There's numerous books written by numerous authors that point to Jesus. There are 300 prophecies written about Jesus. What's a prophecy? Well, God spoke to different people and they wrote things down about Jesus hundreds of years before he was born. The odds of him fulfilling what was written down is one in a crazy number. It's just not possible him fulfilling everything that was written down. And tonight we're gonna to look about what was written about Jesus before he was born in the Bible. What are the odds that he would fulfill all of these prophecies? We're gonna read some, they're gonna be up on the screen. In the Bible it says that he would be born of a woman. He would be born of a virgin. He would be born in Bethlehem. Not just that, but they said he would come from Abraham's seed, from Isaac and Jacob's descendants, from the line of David, from the tribe of Judah. They spoke specifically into when he would be born. And not only that, they spoke about how he would live, how he would act, and what he would eventually do. As I was reflecting on this, I thought, what are the odds of all of those things happening? All of those things coming true. And I was driving past Seacliff Beach and there was one boat out there. I thought the odds of Jesus fulfilling all of these was like that one person fishing and they went out and they caught a shark, a gorilla, a giraffe and an elephant. It's simply not possible. There's a very minute chance that they could catch a shark a very minute chance that Jesus would be born in a random place like Bethlehem. But the chances of all these other things happening is just not possible unless Jesus is the king, unless there is something prophetic, powerful and profound about this baby being born and the promises that we get to hold on to because of it. I'm gonna to turn to Luke chapter one and we're gonna read a little bit more of the story. How will this be, Mary asked the angel. Since I'm a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. She gave birth to John the Baptist. That was a miracle. He paved the way and told other people that the Messiah, Jesus, was coming. That was also prophesied, written about before as well. In her old age, and she who is unable to conceive is going to give birth in her sixth month. Listen to this. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word in me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. There's two things we're going to focus on tonight. No word from God will ever fail. He said it, so I am standing on it. You see, at Christmas time, we celebrate a moment that was, that is, and will always be. When we know the promises of God, we can be like Mary, saying, I'm your servant. May your word be fulfilled in me. That's good. I think some of you missed it. Let me say it again. When we know the promises of God, we can be like Mary, saying, I'm your servant. May your word be fulfilled in me. Why was it so special that Mary had this promise? Some of you might not know in the Christmas story, there were some crazy things that happened. Mary and Joseph were in Nazareth. Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census would be taken, so they had to go to their place of birth. Joseph was born in Bethlehem, so they had to walk 170 kilometers down to Bethlehem, and Mary was due to give birth. It's pretty uncomfortable to walk that far when you're pregnant. I can't fully relate because I've never been pregnant myself and I don't plan on being pregnant, but it's a distance from here to Clare or from here to Kangaroo Island. That's how far they had to walk. But Mary, she had to walk up and down hills, Mary and Joseph, through the desert. Super hot at night, super cold. Sorry, super hot during the day, super cold at night. They had to walk on roads that had bandits and robbers. They had to walk through a jungle that had bears and lions and wild boars. But what was Mary's response in that passage? This is what she said. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, she answered. May your word be fulfilled in me. So what does Mary do? What does Joseph do? when they're feeling uncomfortable, when their lives are at danger, when they've taken a significant risk, when they're worried, when they're stressed out, when they're fearful, when they have to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem, what are they relying on? The Word of God. What are they relying on? His promises to them that no word from God will ever fail. So it wasn't easy for them. It was a tough journey. They went through some horrific things just to get to Bethlehem but they held on to the promises of God. So when we look to the why of Christmas, we look to a baby that was born and we look to the promises of God over our lives. When we see Mary and Joseph's lives, we can see that God had them and he'd spoken over them and he had promised things to them that they knew would be fulfilled. So they could take heart in the horrific journey. They could take heart in their situation. When the baby was born, 
the shepherds, the wise men came, they worshipped and they prayed over the baby and they blessed it and it was an amazing thing. But then what happened? King Herod issued a decree that he heard a king had been born and he was concerned, he was worried. So he said, I want to kill all the babies, all the baby boys in Bethlehem and around the area. Hold up. That wasn't part of the plan, Mary and Joseph are thinking. Now they have to flee to Egypt, which was also spoken about in the Old Testament. So they have to run away to Egypt to protect Jesus' life. But what do they do? They hold on to the promises of God. Then they go back to Nazareth where Jesus would grow up. They would say he was a Nazarene, also written about in the Old Testament. Another promise fulfilled. But Mary and Joseph, in the midst of everything, hold on to the promises of God. Sam powerfully shared last week, I wasn't here, but I listened to the podcast. He spoke about how when he gave his life to Christ, things actually became harder. But what did he also share? What God did in and through him. Why? Because he held on to the promises of God in and through his life. In and through the discomfort, in and through the pain. So when I'm confused about COVID, when I'm facing sickness or illness, when I'm facing family strife, when things aren't that easy, what do I do? I hold on to the promises of God. My heart's cry, Hills Youth, is that we wouldn't pray for an easy life, but we would pray for a life that would be dictated by this. We would pray that. God would refine us. He would shape us. He's not the one causing this pain on us, but he would use it for our good. And we know that he does because it says it in this. We can hold on to his promises. We look to the why of Jesus. And what is the why of Jesus? It's the promises fulfilled. What's the why of Christmas? We see a baby, a king born for us. It would be named Emmanuel, God with us. So what are the promises of God heals youth? What do we rely on? What do we put our trust in when we're struggling? When school's hard, when we're journeying through mental health, when we're journeying through friendship, when we're journeying through family situations that aren't easy, we hold on to the promises of God that He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will work for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. When we face death, we go, no, no, I'm holding on to Romans 8 verse 18 that says the present suffering will not compare with the glory that will be revealed to us. Or John 14 that says he's gone before us and prepared a place for us in heaven. So it's not all about just the here and now. We get to hold on to his promises. Band team, you can come up. We need to learn his promises. Hills youth, would we hold on to his promises? That no word from God will ever fail. He said it so we can stand on it. And that's a word that needs to be on our hearts and embedded in our hearts. And let's take this Christmas as a reminder. Yes, in my family, we all get together. Yes, I have a Christmas tree. Yes, we give presents. Yes, there's a bit of consumerism and a bit of materialism in that. But let's not lose sight of the real meaning and the real why to Christmas. 
Let's look to the King of all kings, the Messiah, the one who saved us, the one who redeemed us, and the one who has forgiven us, and the one who says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Maybe you need some peace in your life. Maybe you need some rest. Let me, let me challenge you to look to the promises of God because no word from God will ever fail. All the words spoken about were fulfilled in the life of Jesus. And we also read what is to come, that Jesus is gonna come back. He's gonna wipe away every tear. There's gonna be no more suffering, no more pain. Jesus is gonna make all things new. And that's a word for the lost and the broken of our world. That's a word that I need to hold on to when I'm struggling. What are the odds that Jesus is gonna come back? Well, everything else that was written about became true. So I'm trusting that the word that was, the word that is, and the word that will always be is the reliable word of God. Let's hold on to His promises, Hills Youth. Let's look to the true meaning of Christmas. Let me pray. Father, just thank You for what You're doing in this place. Thank You for Your Word that is a light until our path. Would You speak to us tonight? We speak over small group time. We ask, would You just grow us together, Lord? We don't journey alone. We are built for a relationship, Lord. Challenge us, burden our hearts for what that looks like, how we can fiercely love each other and receive Your love. Thank You for the family that Hills Youth is, Lord. Love you, God, and let us prioritize the right things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We're about to go into small groups, and hopefully, you've got a Kris Kringle gift. If you don't, you can come see me, and I've got some spares in the kitchen. But this isn't just something that we just did for no reason, but we want to have some fun, and we want to finish this year enjoying each other's company and connecting. We're not gonna have Kris Kringle so we would lose sight of the real meaning of Christmas, but let us take this time to journey and love on one another, knowing that the promise of Christ Jesus is for all of us.